performance of public works up from 62 to 69% for the KPAs in terms of their latest annual report. Now, that's a job well done in this Aegean stable of a department. Additionally, he was the deputy DG for risk and compliance there and has glowing references in terms of his efficiency and willingness to assist from my colleagues on the portfolio. He was the COO at the Office of the Inspector General from 2004 until 2013 and add to that a master's in security studies and he has the grounding uh, in the business. He doesn't go in cold. I must say that the previous Inspector General, Dr. Dintwe, who came second in our grading, proved to have a backbone of steel, especially in fighting off the attack by Arthur Fraser. Let me reiterate that the initial choice by our ANC colleagues, the Reverend Frank Ciccone, is a gentle and delightful man. He has a strong background in fighting apartheid, but the question we asked ourselves was whether an ANC cadre would stand up and act if an issue arose against a lifelong colleague, perhaps a minister. He would have been put in an impossible situation. It's a matter of credibility. It is highly unlikely a working member in one of the three services, we're talking about the state security agency, crime or defense intelligence, would believe that he would take their side rather than that of a good comrade. Now, whether this would play out as such or not is irrelevant. The perception would remain. As an elder, he should really not be put in that sort of position, nor should the staff of those entities be put in the position of wondering whose side he would champion. This is a specific position that needs someone who will not give in to pressure from ministers attempting to protect certain favorites within their departments. Decisions have to be taken and pushed ahead, no matter how unpopular they are. We had huge expertise amongst the various candidates, but the person most likely to do well in tackling this difficult and complex job would be Mr. Faisal. The entire thrust of the high-level review panel report was that intelligence must be apolitical, not supported by any governing party faction, and seldom has there been a time when the factions have been as strong. The high-level review panel report proved what we as the DA have long said, that these intelligence agencies, notably the SSA, were doing the bidding of a faction of the ANC. This is the man we believe has the ability to deal decisively with people who have looted hundreds of millions of rands, as was all laid out in technicolor detail during the Zondo Commission. The DA will vote for this proposal. The EFF. Is there a speaker from the EFF? Okay. okay, honorable members, just give me an opportunity. We'll proceed. And when the honorable speaker from the EFF is then online, we'll allow them. The IFP. Uh, sorry, Chairperson, I'm here. You wanted to speak the whole afternoon, and when we call you to speak, you're not available. Chairperson, that, that comment Lossi. is not necessary. Your own, your own party is bringing this country Honourable into a difficult operational condition by switching off electricity all the time. So I take those comments very seriously. We are being disrupted proceed. by network here. Can I, can I make my contribution now? We are waiting for you, Honorable Member. Yes, I'm here. Can I proceed? Yes, yeah, stop talking too much. Proceed. Honorable Members, Honorable Members, Honourable Member, I've called you a few times. You must proceed. 
Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, we we uh, disagree uh, 100% with the comments made by both members of the NC and the DA that the work of the JCI cannot be comprehended by society. That's a serious insult to our people's intelligence. There's nothing special, by the way, that happens in that committee which our people cannot comprehend. And I think that the majority of the things uh, uh, that happen in there which consist of corruption have to be exposed. And the committee, in executing that particular task, has been failing to this extent. However, in relation to the current candidate uh, proposal, we as the EFF will not be opposing this proposal today. We want stability in that office and we want a progressive move forward. And we want to impress upon the incoming IGI, hopefully when the House agrees, that the immediate task that is going to be bestowed upon them, which calls them into action immediately, is to look into the abuse of the intelligence services within crime intelligence as well as the SSA in executing the protection Palapala farm and um, of, of President Cyril Ramaphosa. The usage of intelligence services there has to be immediately investigated by the IGI to protect the integrity of those processes from political abuse. So we want to impress upon this candidate that they must go and investigate Palapala without any fear or favor. And we have no doubt that they're going to come to the same conclusions as Mr. Arthur Fraser has in his affidavit, which is uh, obviously well known at this stage. So indeed, uh, Honorable Chairperson, we will not be opposing this post or this proposal uh, of Mr. MTS. And uh, uh, we urge all political parties to support this so that there can be stability and the IGI office can move on. Thank you very much. The IFP. Uh, thank you, uh, House Chair. Given the extremely uh, uh, sensitive nature of the mandate and information uh, dealt with by the SSA, uh, it is uh, necessary to have an Inspector General of Intelligence who is uh, bound according to the Constitution and in terms of the uh, Intelligence Services uh, Oversight Act to report to the JCI and President. The strength and health of the JCI is uh, inseparable from the uh, Inspector General that uh, reports to to it. The position required an uh, individual whose uh, conduct is irreproachable. The IFP uh, previously made it clear uh, that uh, we believe that uh, Reverend Chikane is good fit uh, for the, the position as the uh, appropriate uh, level of uh, knowledge of the uh, intelligence services with uh, uh, Reverend Chikane bringing, brings uh, to the table will have uh, uh, enabled him to perform this oversight uh, role with uh, uh, due uh, diligence. This said, it is our belief that uh, uh, Mr. Uh, MTS Ahmed Fazel has both the uh, reputation and uh, experience to fulfill uh, this role with the uh, competence and uh, normal uh, fortitude that uh, it, it requires. There is no doubt that uh, the last and uh, the, the task that uh, Mr. Faisal faces is no is not for uh, 
the faint faint-hearted uh, 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 persons. Part, 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 partisanship within uh, the intelligence services has resulted in a dangerous de- uh, de- departure from constitutional order. Uh, com- competent oversight by the strong uh, operational uh, leader with a prior knowledge of the intelligence services rim uh, is, 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 is disres- dis- 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 disparately uh, uh, needed. Our uh, only uh, uh, reservation with uh, Fazel, uh, Mr. Fazel, lies in, in his uh, uh, propensity towards uh, a- academic uh, academic which could uh, uh, result in a between uh, the intentions and in, in intentions of of the IGI and the practical the practical out uh, workings of the SGI daily operations. Uh, the IFP uh, supports uh, uh, the nomination of Mr. MTS Ahmed Faisal to the position of Inspector General of Intelligence in South Africa. Thank you. Thank you. FF Plus. Honorable Chairperson, we have no declaration, but we support. Thank you. The ACDP. Switch on the microphone, honorable member. It's in front of you. Yes. Uh, thank you, Chair. I will make no comment on the our own statement, but let me continue by saying that the ACDP notes from the report of the Joint Standing Committee on Intelligence that the position of the Inspector General of Intelligence was advertised on the 2nd of June 2021, and the advertisement process yielded 25 CVs. Of the background screening and shortlisting, 12 candidates were shortlisted and the committee resolved to nominate Mr. Imtiaz Ahmed Faisal for approval by the National Assembly and for recommendation by the President. I've had the pleasure of working with Mr. Faisal in the Public Works Department and have certainly found him to be an astute, knowledgeable and competent individual. The ACDP is keenly aware that Section 7 of the Intelligence Services Oversight Act 40 of 1994 provides that the Inspector General will monitor intelligence and counterintelligence activities of the State Security Agency and the Intelligence Divisions of South Africa Police Services and National uh, National Defense Force and will be accountable to the JSCI and responsible to the President and relevant ministers. Furthermore, the ACDP notes that the Office of the Public Protector must complement the Office of the Inspector General of Intelligence. This is because the roles of these two institutions relate to the monitoring and review of the activities of the executive arm of government to ensure that there is no abuse of power and that there is compliance with the applicable laws by the executive and its employees. In the light of the Dollar Gate or Pala Pala scandal, 
the ACGP calls on the officers of the public protector and the newly appointed and the new to be appointed Inspector General of Intelligence to fulfill their mandate in holding the president to account without fear, favor, or prejudice. The ACGP supports the nomination. I thank you. Thank you. The UDM. The ATM. Good. House Chair, we support the nomination. Thank you. Thank you. The NFP. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, I just wanted to raise my concern with Honorable Marke. Sometimes we have the qualification and don't deliver the goods. Sometimes we have the experience and we don't. And sometimes we have both. And you can see the state we are in, in many, many department structures uh, throughout the country currently. But in the case of Ophimtia's Ahmed Faisal, we are satisfied that he's got the necessary qualifications, the skills, and more importantly, Chairperson, his past performance speaks volume of his ability to be able to perform his duty without any fear or favor. What is required is high ethical standards, someone who is objective. And I think given the fact that Imtiaz Ahmed Faisal knows and understands some of the challenges that this department faces currently and has already identified solutions to them goes a long way. And it augurs well for the future that I think he will do justice to it. We are satisfied that the department and the portfolio committee particularly uh, has done everything possible. They have identified the best candidate in this, the current situation and the National Freedom Party will support this nomination. Thank you. Thank you. The AIC. COPE. The PAC. Al Jama. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair, we have heard earlier that there must be oversight over our spooks. And here I'm talking about uh, oversight uh, over our spooks, that is especially those spooks, uh, uh, to ensure they do their job. Uh, we, we should have prevented uh, the last unrest and many business people who are kidnapped, especially those who are soft targets like uh, Muslim business people. So we don't have sex in the mosque calling for what amounts to be a call for jihad in the case of the kidnapping of Mr. Parker uh, in Imam Abdullah Harun uh, Road. Personal safety in our homes, in our streets, in our shopping centers, and in front of our businesses must be the, pri- the priority of Mr. Faisal. Uh, otherwise, he has failed. We feel that he will do that and he will make a success of the job and Al-Jamaa supports uh, his appointment. Thank you very much. Thank you. The ANC. Please switch on the microphone. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. The African National Congress supports the nomination of Mr. Imtiaz Ahmed Faisal for approval by the National Assembly to the President uh, for the appointment as the Inspector General of Intelligence. That is the IGI. 
The position of the IGI plays a critical role in the intelligence services at it, amongst other things, ensure the monitoring and review of the operations of the intelligence services of our country. The role of the IGI and his or her office must be understood as that of foot soldiers of the JCI. The IGI goes to the areas which the JCI cannot access due to time and other constraints, and then report to the committee. A stronger IGI results in stronger oversight of the committee. The recommendation for the president to appoint Mr. Faisal as the, the IGI comes at a critical time in our country as our government is in the process of restoring and strengthening the capacity of intelligence to ensure peace and stability in our country. The recommendations made by the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into allegations of state capture, corruption and fraud in the public sector, including organs of state, better known as the Zondo Commission, did not come as a surprise to the JCI. They, They confirmed what we already knew and were hard at work addressing them. In addition, the high-level review panel and the expert panel on the July 2021 unrest made important recommendations that should be considered for implementation by the intelligence services. One of the overarching recommendations was the splitting of the state security agency into domestic agency and a foreign service. As the JCI, we await the bill to separate the agency. Amongst other things, The expert panel on July 2021 unrest observed the failure of the relevant state institutions to conduct timely risk assessments despite the constant attacks on the authority of the state by some individuals and organizations. The report further recommends that there is a need to strengthen the work of of the security services in general and the intelligence community in particular. Many South Africans have raised concern regarding the level of crime and the need to strengthen state capacity to prevent acts of criminality. This is a concern we do share. We, however, believe that the government is moving in the right direction to strengthen the capacity of the security services. We are encouraged by the appointment of senior officials within security cluster by the president and believe that these appointments will continue to the strengthening of the capacity of the security services. The appointment of the of Mr. Faisal is supported in this context of the process of the cap- capacitation of the security services. Mr. Faisal brings the experience and skills acquired throughout this, his years of service to our people. Despite his current position as the Deputy Director General in the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, Mr. Faisal also served as consultant to the Ministry of Intelligence Services between 1997 and 2000, and as acting COO in the office of the IGI from 2002 to 2003. It was during his tenure in the office of the IGI that he gained invaluable experience and knowledge of the intelligence services. His master's degree in security studies from the University of Pretoria adds to his knowledge and expertise in the sector of security. As the Joint Standing Committee of Intelligence, we will continue to play oversight role to ensure that Mr. Faisal, if appointed, and his team remains accountable to the committee. We will ensure that they perform their duties for the safety and stability of our country. We recommend that the President appoints Mr. Imtiaz Ahmed Faisal to the position of 
the Inspector General of Intelligence. The ANC supports the nomination. Thank you. Thank you, Honourable Members. That concludes the declarations, and I now put the question. Are there any objections to the approval by the House of the nomination of Mr. Imtiaz Ahmad Faisal for appointment as Inspector General of Intelligence Services? Are there any objections? Order, Honourable Members, in terms of Section 7, Subsection 1 of the Intelligence Services Oversight Act of 1994, the person nominated for appointment as Inspector General of Intelligence Services must be approved by a two-thirds majority of members in the Assembly. Although a division has not been demanded, members are required to record their support for the nomination. The bells will be rung for five minutes. Recording stopped.
Recording in progress. Order, honorable members, will you please take up your seats? Honorable members, the speaker has determined Honorable members, the speaker has determined that in accordance with the rules, a manual voting procedure will be used. A quorum has been established. Having confirmed that we have a quorum, we will now proceed. The question before the House is that the House approves the nomination of Mr. Imtiaz Ahmad Faisal for appointment as Inspector General of Intelligence Services. Voting will now commence. The doors of the chamber will remain locked and members are not allowed to enter the virtual platform until voting is concluded. I now request the WIPs to confirm the number of members present in the chamber and on the virtual platform and indicate if they vote for or against the question. The ANC. Thank you very much, uh, House Chair. Greetings to all honorable members. The ANC on a virtual platform is 138. In person attendance here is 63, totaling up to 201. And we are voting in full support. Thank you. Honorable Chief Whip, you said it's 188. Honorable Chief Whip, you indicated is 188 in the, on the virtual platform or 138? I said 138. 138. On virtual and 63. Yeah, Thank you. Totaling up to 201. Thank you. Full support. The DA? House Chair, we have uh, 49 members online and 22 members in the House, totaling to 71 members of the Democratic Alliance voting in favor of the question. The EFF. Thank you, House Chair. House Chair, we have 38 members online, four in the House, and we all vote in favor of the motion. Thank you. The IFP. Order, honourable members. The IFP. The IFP. House chairperson. Yes, honourable member. We are six on virtual. Sorry, our deputy chief whip seems to be having a struggle with her network. She's got load shedding. Honourable members, what are your numbers from the IFP? We are six on virtual and one in the house. Thank you. FF plus. Honourable chairperson, we are two in the house and three on virtual, five in support. Thank you. Honourable van der of the IFP, are you voting in favour or against? I'm sorry, chairperson, we are voting in favour. Apologies, House Chair. 
the ACDP. Thank you, House Chair. House Chair, the ACDP has one on the platform, two in the House voting. Uh, sorry, in favour. <laughs> the UDM. The ATM. Good. House Chair, we have two on the virtual platform voting in favour. Thank you. Thank you. The NFP. Thank you, House Chair. Person one on the virtual platform and in support. Thank you. The AIC. Cope. The PAC. Chair, we are voting in favour. How many are you? One outside. Thank 100%. you. 100%. Thank you. Al Jamar. Uh, one on virtual. We vote in favour, like the PAC. Thank you. Is there any member that wishes to abstain or vote differently to their political party? None. The voting session is closed. Honourable Members, the result of the revision for the call for vote is as follows. Those in favour, 334. No one voted against and there's no abstentions. The question is approved. Mr. Imtias Ahmad Faisal is accordingly recommended for appointment as Inspector General of Intelligence Services. The secretary will read the second order. Consideration of recommendation of candidates to fill four vacancies on Independent Communications Authority of South Africa. I will now invite the chairperson of the committee, the Honorable Manelli, to introduce the report. Honorable House Chairperson. Honorable members, honorable ministers and deputy ministers, committee support staff, fellow South Africans. The Portfolio Committee on Communications, the committee having received a referral from the Speaker of the National Assembly in line with the request from respective ministers for the filling of vacancies in ICASA, four vacancies in particular. It met on the 15th of March. 2022, and the committee unanimously agreed to adopt a detailed report circulated to all honorable 
members of this house. The committee taking into account both existing boards and council members and the candidates to be recommended uh, in the respective entity, in this case, ICASA, looking at skills demographics, task attend, and the performance of candidates in the interviews, made the recommendations to this August House on the 24th of March 2022 in a consolidated report that took into account the filling of vacancies in MDDA, SABC, and the four vacancies at ICASA. The committee recommended the following for ICASA Council. One, Advocate the Magazo Culture as a returning councillor. Two, Ms. Mbutuko Nontombana. Three, Ms. Tikeleti Mushi. Four, Ms. Tabi Safaye. Five, Ms. Ndombiza Sitole. Six, Ms. Setukomo. Seven, Ms. Rosena Gal. The key observation to make in the recommendation, as we stated, it's seven names instead of the six names uh, requirement in terms of the act. This is informed by financial prudency on the side of the committee in case of declines given the time it has taken to finalize the report. Hello. Indeed, uh, Honorable House Chair. Hello. The, a later dated second. June 2022 was received from the Minister of Communications and Digital Technologies requesting the Assembly to approve the appointment of the following four candidates for appointment to the CASA Council in terms of Section 5, 1, capital letter B of the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa Act, Act 13 of 2000, which is one, Advocate Demagato Kosha, two, Ms. Nombutoko Nondombana, three, Ms. Tikele Dimushi, and four, Ms. Tabisa Faye. While the committee was in the process of considering the minister's request, a later dated 18 August 2022 was received from Advocate Timothy Kocha, indicating that she was no longer available for appointment to the Casa Council. A later dated 22 August 2022 was received from the Minister of Communications and Digital Technologies, indicating to the National Assembly that Advocate uh, Demakato Kosha's name has been withdrawn from the process as a prospective councillor of ICASA, and that Ms. Ndombiza Sitole has been recommended as the fourth candidate. Honorable House Chair, on the 23rd August 2022, the committee met and recommends to the National Assembly to approve the appointment of the following four candidates, namely Ms. Mamputuko Ndombana, Ms. Tikeleti Mushi, Ms. Tabi Safaye, and Ms. Ndombiza Stole for the appointment to the ICASA Council. We present the report for consideration of the House and approval for the Minister to proceed to appoint the four councillors for ICASA. I thank you, Honorable Pastor. Thank you, Honorable Chair Manelli. I will now recognize political parties that wishes to make a declaration. The normal time is applicable. The DA. Thank you, Chairperson. <clears throat> Chairperson, while the work of the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa might mean very little to the men of, on the street, 
the work that this entity does touches every aspect. I beg your pardon, Chairperson, touches every aspect of the people's lives. As the Democratic Alliance, we believe that the onus is on us as elected public representatives to ensure that state-owned companies such as ICASA do deliver on their legislative mandate. At the inception of the ICASA Board of Directors nomination, 71 nominations were received, but 69 were considered for shortlisting following the withdrawal of two candidates from the nomination process. Chairperson, it is worth noting that the various committee discussions that finalized the recommendations subsequent to the shortlisting were refreshingly inclusive of all parties in the subcommittee and sought consensus to ensure that there is a fair, balanced and accommodating of different party preferred candidates based on their skills and expertise. The Democratic Alliance notes that the ranked candidates are based on performance in interviews and should understand it should and sound understanding, I beg your pardon, of the requirement to fulfill the obligations as ICASA council members. The committee further recommended extra two names to avoid a situation where it will have to reconvene interviews in the event of the candidate not being able to take up the position for one reason or another. Chairperson, in welcoming the new board members, the DA notes the June resignation of the former chairperson of ICASA, Dr. Gyabetsu Mudimueng. This came as a shock to the portfolio committee and indeed to the sector. Dr. Mudimueng and his team oversaw the successful completion of South Africa's long-awaited spectrum auction sale, achieving what had become the elusive government pet project, raking in 14 0.4 billion to the national treasury, which the DA hopes will be reinvested into the sector to help improve access to telecommunications, especially in the rural areas of South Africa. Now back to the matter at hand. In a letter dated 2nd of June, Minister Nchaveni provided the Speaker of Parliament with a preferred candidate. With this process, we finalized the appointment to the council in line of the provisions of the ICASA Act. The new board members will be led by acting board chairperson, Dr. Charlie Lewis, who has been appointed in the interim until April 2023, where the vacancy would have been finalized. The DA congratulates Ms. Nombutugo Nontombana, Ms. Digeledi Mushi, Ms. Tabisa Faye, and Ms. Ndombisa Sitole on their appointment as board members of the council. Uh, as I conclude, Chairperson, the DA thanks these women for raising their hands to serve this country and remind them that they carry the country's hope for an open opportunity society for all. The DA supports the report. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Member. The EFF. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa is a crucial institution and vital for the growth of our democracy. It has to create opportunities for smaller participants in the communications and broadcasting industry to stake their claim. The recent announcement to make more radio frequency spectrum available to telecommunications operators wanting to provide broadband services is an indication of the important role it can play, but only if it can shed the factional political interests and serve the people of the country impartially. To do this, it, need, it needs leaders 
who are transformational and committed to the growth of the media space in the country, particularly community radio stations. We are pleased that all the names recommended for appointment are women, and one of them previously served a, a term as a councillor at ICASA. We're also pleased that there are no immediately identifiable link between the names and the ruling party politics that has characterized appointments to public bodies in the past. We'd like to plead with the incoming councillors to work towards resolving some of the issues Honourable members, we've lost connection to the chamber again. Uh, we will re-establish that connection. Our apologies. Recording stopped.
Why the best shall ring one minute? Recording stopped. We shall, we shall uh, proceed, honorable members. I recognize the IFP from virtual platform. Thank um, you, honorable uh, house chairperson. The report highlights the processes that the Committee on Communication undertook and the candidates recommended to fill the four vacancies at the Independent Communications Authority of South Africa. ICASA states that persons appointed to the council must be committed to fairness, freedom and expression, openness and accountability and must be representative of a broad cross-section of the population of the Republic. In this regard, we find that the candidate meet and fulfill this criteria. However, the report falls short in providing the public with insight as to why and how ICASA would be strengthened in their presence. In a letter dated 2 June, the Minister of Communication and Digital Technologies recommended the appointment of the following four candidates. Advocate Dimakazo Kocha, Ms. Nomputugo Nontombani, Ms. Tikele Dimushi, and Ms. Tabisa Fai. Following the withdrawal of Advocate Dimakazo Kocha, the Minister recommended Ms. Ntombiza Sitole as the fourth candidate. In light of the revelation made during the Zondo Commission, the lack of transparency around the digital vibes contract and the recent Palapala saga, government needs to do all it can to rebuild public trust in our institutions. Unfortunately, most, if not all entities are being painted with the same levels of distrust. The department must show the public that the persons recommended are selected with the best interest of the country in mind. The nominees will be watched closely by the public on their ability and successful implement, implementation and mandate of ICAS, with sound and ethical leadership being a backbone of their work. The IFP considered these candidates with regards to their competence, professionalism, diligence, and their potential to deliver a visionary leadership style. We are pleased to see that the four candidates are women from diverse backgrounds who represent a broad cross-section of the population of the Republic. This is an important field of transformation, especially at the corporate board level, as it shows a significant shift in implementing a call for more women to be integrated into high-level positions. The IFP approves, approves all names submitted and the process was fair and transparent. In closing, would like to note that ICASA is currently being led 
by an acting CEO. This is crucial. This is a crucial role in the organization. We call on the ICASA not to delay the process of appointing a suitable CEO. The IFP accepts the report. Person in, in support of these nominees, I want to raise a very important point, Chairperson. I see a lot of emphasis is being put on the fact that all these nominees are women. And we might be undermining them if we only refer to them as women. In, in the information that is provided, I'm not a member of this committee, we are quite satisfied that they have the necessary qualifications, the expertise, the skills, the capacity, and the integrity to take this particular council forward. So I thought I must just raise that because otherwise it would start looking as if that, you know, we are nominating these people or appointing them because they are women specifically. And that would not be doing justice to these candidates who I believe have fared very well with, I think, a very large number and the laborious task that the committee had put in being able to identify particularly these four candidates as the best candidates for the position of council, the National Freedom Party support. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I now recognize the AIC. Cope. PAC. Al-Jama. Uh, thank you, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair, we, we must uh, recognize uh, the those uh, recommended as being very, very competent, and also as being women. It's very important that we push the women agenda. Uh, we hope that uh, four new appointees will result in some policy changes. It is not good. It was not correct for ICASA uh, all the years uh, to deny opposition political parties airtime on community radio stations, uh, which prevented them from holding the executive to account in all three tiers of government. Uh, community radio stations are dead scared uh, to give members of opposition political parties airtime because they are questioned uh, whether it is equitable. There must be freedom for community radio stations uh, to give the uh, opposition political party uh, airtime so we can hold uh, uh, all three tiers of government accountable. Uh, we wish the four candidates uh, well if they are uh, uh, appointed uh, by this uh, assembly. Thank you very much, Honourable House Chair. Thank you. I now recognise the ANC. ANC. Thank you, Honourable Chairperson and Honourable Members. The third edition of the Deloitte Global Center for Corporate Governance publication indicates that the recent legislative efforts and other initiatives have helped bring women representation in the board to higher levels globally. However, nearly 90% of the world's board seats are still occupied by men. 
the late American Supreme uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg once said, I quote, women belong in all places where decisions are being made, a close quote. Chairperson, the African National Congress supports the appointment of Nampupuko Nondombana, Ms. Tikele Dimushi, Ms. Tabi Safaye, and Ms. Ndombiza Stolle onto the EPASA. We are confident that they will enhance the work of the board and they will ensure that the regulator efficiently and effectively execute its mandate. In March this year, Honorable Chair, ICASA successfully concluded Spectrum Auction to which it was able to raise 4.4 billion rands towards the national fiscal. This marked a significant milestone in government economics reform agenda as the last auction was conducted 17 years ago. The ANC applauds the good work of the regulator as led by its former board chairperson as well as the CEO. The licensing of the high demand spectrum has been accompanied by agreed social obligation to connect 18,520 public schools, 5,721 public health facilities, 8,241 offices of traditional authorities, as well as 1,150 police stations over a period of two years. This will benefit many communities in the rural areas and the townships in our country. The allocation of high demand spectrum increases broadband connectivity and lowers the cost of voice and data communication. Network operators are also using broadband spectrum allocation to expand the 4G and 5G technologies. As the president of the Republic once said, I quote, like the minerals wealth that lies beneath our, our soil, radio spectrum is a valuable national resource that needs to be used for the benefit also of our South Africans, close quote. Honorable members, the COVID-19 pandemic has exposed the digital divide that exists in our country. It is therefore incumbent upon us to work tirelessly to ensure that as we embark on a long journey of reconstruction and and recovery, no one gets left behind. 5G networks must must help us to accelerate the process towards universal connectivity to ensure that all South Africans are connected. It must also facilitate the deployment of digital technologies and services that are driving the fourth industrial revolution. These are important for our economy to remain agile and competitive. The ANC, uh, Honorable Chairperson, knows that ICASA has started initiating the second phase of licensing process in order to make radio frequency spectrum available to prospective licenses to provide mobile broadband wireless access services in the low and medium Honorable Adons? Can you I may proceed, Honorable Member? We hope that Honorable Chairperson process is going to make soon for smaller players to actually participate. Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, the ANC calls on the Minister of Communication and Digital Technologies and ICASA to speed up uh, the process of a reduction of the cost of communication in South Africa. As far back as 2017, the Competition Commission initiated that the data market inquiry submission following a submission of concern from the 
the then Minister of Communication, coupled with persistent concern by the public about the high costs that are in our country. While we note that there have been some strides since the release of the competition's report in 2020, the ANC believes that more still needs to be done. Data affordability is absolutely essential for the people and the economy. The Competition Commission late last year released a report measuring concentration and participation in South African economy, which found that the mobile market is highly concentrated. Honorable Chairperson, Vodacom and MTN together have consistently accounted for more than 70% of various mobile markets. Later, market uh, entrants still play a peripheral role with consistently low subscriber share of under 3%. In conclusion, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members, we trust that the second phase of spectrum auctioning will allow smaller uh, uh, players to also participate. Opening up for new entrants and deconcentrating the mobile operator sector will give people more options and foster a reduction in data prices, thereby making it easier for all of us to participate in the digital economy. Then the high levels of concentration we are seeing today can be regarded as stifling economy inclusion. Once again, Honorable Chairperson, the ANC support this report and its, and its recommendations. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson and Honorable Members. Thank you, Honorable Member. Honorable Members, I now put the question. The question before the House is that the following list of candidates be submitted to the Minister for her consideration in order to fill vacancies in the Independent Communication Authority of South Africa, ICASA, Council. Ms. Nomputuko, Yombana, Ms. Dikeledi, Mushi, Ms. Tabisa, Faye, Ms. Tombi, Tombiza, Sitole. Are there any objections, honorable members? No objections, the motion agreed to. The list of candidates will be forwarded to the Minister of Communication and Digital Technologies for her consideration. The Secretary will now read the third order of the day. Consideration of request for approval by Parliament of Protocols relating to the amendments to Articles 50A and 56 of the Convention on International Civil Aviation in terms of Section 231.2 of Constitution 1996. I now recognize Honorable M.J. Zwane, the chairperson, to introduce the report. No, thanks, uh, House Chair. Let me take this opportunity to... And thanks for the opportunity for the committee to come and present <clears throat> a report before this National Assembly for consideration of requests for approval. The report of the committee on protocols relating to the amendments to articles 50 subsection A and 56 of the Convention of International Civil Aviation. 
the International Civil Aviation Organization is United Nations linked structure which has 193 countries affiliated and deals with important air transport policy and standardization innovations which are approved by member states which constitutes the Inter- International Civil Aviation Organization as Assembly or by the council which the assembly elects. Article 50, subsection A of the protocols of the International Civil Aviation Organization Council shall be a permanent body responsible to the assembly. It shall be composed of 36 contracting states elected at the assembly. Whilst Article 56 is the is that of the Air Navigation Commission shall be composed of 19 members appointed by the Council from among the nominated contracting states. The amendment to Articles 50 uh, subsection A of the Convention deals with increasing the membership of the Council of the International Civil Aviation Organization from 36 to 40 members. This is due to the increase in the membership of the organization and it attempting to achieve a balance in the membership of the council. The amendment of the Article 56 of the Convention deals with expanding the membership of the Air Navigation Commission from 19 members to 21. This will enable further skills and capacity as well as experience to impact on the commission. There is a value add to the country in its support of the amendments to the Convention of Convention of the International Civil Aviation Organization. The International Civil Aviation Organization develops new civil aviation transport policy and ensures the operations of the industry occurs on global standards and therefore South Africa should remain at the helm of new international policy thinking and standards for the functioning of the domestic and regional civil aviation industry. These amendments will have a positive impact on the development of African airspace as the organization seeks to accommodate increasing membership and ensure a balance of members in the council and on the Air Navigation Commission. It is important that the civil aviation mode of transport is enabled to recover from the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic as it has not fully recovered to its peak prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. The civil aviation industry in our country has been negatively impacted upon during this period. It is therefore critical that this mode of transport is able to recover both domestically and in the region. Our country must remain a a leader in enforcing international best practice in the civil aviation industry. Our economic development also depends on the development of and growth of the civil aviation industry as a critical mode of transport. The tourism industry is is a critical point of inclusive economic growth and development. But given the country's geographical location, most of the international flights from and to the country which bring international tourists to our country are a very long distance flights. Therefore, it is imperative that we adhere to the international protocols and conventions in the international civil aviation industry.
the Portfolio Committee on Transport, having cons- considered the request for approval by Parliament of the protocols relating the amendments to Articles 50, Subsection A and 56 of the Convention on International Civil Aviation of the 7th December 1944 and 1994, recommends that the House, in terms of Section 231, Subsection 2 of the Constitution of 1996, approve the said Convention. Based on the report to the House, the Portfolio Committee has approved the report and submits this report for the consideration and approval of the Assembly. I thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Mangete. I will now recognize political parties that wishes to make a declaration. The usual time for declaration for vo- of votes shall apply. I now recognize the DA. Thank you, Elsie. Under Section 231, Sub 2 of the Constitution, the National Assembly and the NCOP are here with approach to approve the two aviation articles. By ratifying, South Africa will be able to fulfill its responsibilities to other countries in the field of civil aviation. Additionally, this will strengthen the backing for South Africa's economic growth and act as a spur to increase trade, tourism and job creation. The 39th session of the International Civil Aviation Organization Assembly held in Montreal six years ago approved the two protocols that amend the Convention on International Civil Aviation Articles 50 sub A and 56 respectively. All contracting states, including South Africa, were since then urged by ICAO to approve these revisions. On October the 25th, 1990, during the 28th Assembly session, the Council's membership was raised from 33 to 36, a change that became effective on November the 28th, uh, 2002. After a further 10 sessions, the trigger resolution for today's request was granted in October 2016. The DA welcomes the progress made in ratifying this amendment as 128 contracting states must accept and adopt these revisions for it to take effect. The Air Navigation Commission's membership will increase from 19 to 21 members thanks to the amended and amendments to Article 50 sub A of this agreement, while the Council will be expanded from 36 to 40 members as a result of an amendment to Article 56 of the same treaty. The DA believes that having more contracting states represented will benefit more than only the admission of each new member state. It would also improve the scope for input, contribution and role. With more nations joining and participating in the current trend of increasing international air travel expansion, this increased representation will support many nations' national economies. The Department of Justice, DIRCO, and the Department of Constitutional Development have all provided convincing reports. And, as such, the DA was convinced that ratification would not violate any domestic law. Scrutiny has shown that it is in accordance with South Africa's international commitments as well as international law. Furthermore, 
DERCO has confirmed that this protocol is covered by Section 231 Sub 2 of the Constitution of South Africa. The Department of Transport would be responsible for putting together the instrument of ratification when Parliament has given its approval to the two protocols. The instrument of ratification will next be signed by the Minister of International Relations, after which DERCO should send it through diplomatic channels to the International Civil Aviation Organization. Additionally, the information regarding ratification is required for the registration of agreements with the United Nations. Lastly, it is anticipated that this convention modification would be integrated in the current institutional framework of the South African aviation industry. I thank you. Thank you. I now recognize the EFF. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. You may proceed. Chairperson, the proposal is to amend Article 50, Subsection A and 56 of the Convention on the International Civil Aviation 1944, usually referred to as the Chicago Convention, to increase the size of the Council of the International Civil Aviation Organization. South Africa was casted from was ousted from the International Civil Aviation Council in the 1960s, but returned as a member of the International Civil Aviation five years after declaring its intention to return to the Council. As a result, the Council membership increased from 33 to 36. We are in support of the aims and objectives of the Convention, which focuses on safety and navigation capacity, aircraft registration and efficiency. However, we are not pleased that it has taken this long to deal with this matter. The protocols were adopted in 2016, but only presented to the committee six years later. Additionally, there are no guarantees on involvement of other African states with the increasing membership. Protocols will only be affected upon formal consent by 128 states, it has taken six years for 70 countries to give consent. Does it mean another six years for the remaining 50 plus states? It is concerning that such an important body, which prides itself with ensuring safety and efficiency, allows such behavior. Overall, we are in support of the protocols. Thank you. Thank you. I now recognize the IFP. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. The, the Convention on International Civil Aviation, except the International Civil uh, Aviation Organization. Honorable Jobe, one minute. Honorable members, your voices are overshouting the voice of the speaker. If you may just uh, make sure that you take care of your voices. Thank you. You may proceed, Job. 
The Convention of International Civic Aviation established the International Civic Organization, a significant organization that built voluntary membership with international government to cooperate on their transportation matters. Articles 50A and 56 of the Convention speak to to the increase in membership of the Council. The increase in membership is welcome as the IP support the diversity of inclusions of input from any area of membership in how best practice could mutually benefit the aviations. Why the ICAO is not a global regulator or of air travel, it relies on consensus from its life members to adopt new standards in this in the, in the industry. The approach of this organization is to maintain a level of independence for member states while agreeing on the standard and diplomatic agreement in air traveling. Chairperson, why South Africa is in a member of this specialized agency? As a nation under the current and prior democratic administration, we would not keep a sustainable airline company that deliver a profit afloat. On other global priorities on this agency is to stimulate economic growth. The IP believe that we should capitalize on our membership to ICO, given the current economic strain then our country is under. The Department of Transport must engage thoroughly with this organization to understand how much, how South Africa may benefit from its membership. For instance, we could establish ourselves a, a leader in fostering aviation safety requirement to reach the target of zero fatality by the year 2030 and improve our economic industry. Minister has an important role to play when looking to improve and promote economic development and tourism in this country. South Africa must position itself as a world leader in contributing to aviation safety standards and innovations. We, we must seek to build our economy through development of industry, that service and manufacture large scale of travel component. The IP to support the, 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 Thank the you. approval. Thank you. I now recognize FF Plus. Madam Chairperson, we have no declaration, but we support. Thank you. ACDP? The ACDP will also support the report, but won't make a declaration. Thank you. Thank you. UTM? ATM? Good? House Chair, we support the report, but we make no declaration. Thank you. Thank you. NFP? Yes, uh, Chairperson, the National Freedom Party supports the report tabled here today. Indeed, I think this will go a long way in enhancing travel, particularly international travel, and more importantly, I think, boost the tourism sector in the country, which we know has suffered uh, particularly under COVID-19. My only concern, Chairperson, of the National Freedom Party is just that, you know, one of the challenges we have domestic travel is this, that more and more air routes, when they are provided, it puts added pressure on airlines. And uh, because of the limited number of travelers, you find that they find themselves in financial difficulties. And that is why you find that we've got a history of airlines, uh, you know, uh, closing down. Uh, That's my only other concern. Other than that, I think this is a very positive step, although a lot of work appears to to be done to ensure that many other uh, uh, countries are participating in this, uh, the National Freedom Party does and will support us. Thank you. 
Thank you. I now recognize the AIC, the COPE, PAC, Al-Jama. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Uh, drones will play a very important role in the silencing of the guns in Africa. We need more African states to sign so we reached the 128, as we heard, 70 is not enough. Then the digital protocols can be introduced to help with monitoring civil airspace and also uh, keep out the hostile foreign countries' drones so we do not have a Libyan scenario that led to the death of brother Colonel Muammar Gaddafi. al jamaa supports uh, the report. Thank you. I now recognize the ANC. Mulisei Murangazuro Chimebi Churuane Wopemi Majodina Chimebi Mutusa Chimebi Wo Doris Lagude Ziministara Zirehone Nazitusa Navatusa Ziministara Mirado Yabutano Yalshaka Bazura Pova Africa Chipembe Diabareshanga no Matabama Adwalana Musi I am rising on behalf of the African National Congress to support the report on the ratification of protocols relating to the amendment of Articles 50, Subsection A and 56 of the Convention on International Civil Aviation Organization. South Africa has been a member of the International Civil Aviation Organization, ratified the Chicago Convention on the 4th of April, 1947. This organization supports diplomacy and cooperation in air transport amongst the member states whom are signatory states to the Chicago Convention in 1944. The core competence of the organization is to facilitate dialogue and cooperation in air transport as well as develop explore and develop common global standards for international air travel amongst member states. And it must be established on the end, it must be established on the basis of equality of opportunity and operated soundly and economically to avoid friction and to promote that cooperation between nations and peoples upon which the peace of the world depends. South Africa traditionally maintains the highest international standard in the civil aviation industry from a regulatory and safety point of view, and therefore has a safety record second to none. The civil aviation industry 
it's an important mode of transport for the country and to ensure us that there is international access for the country and its international visitors. The economic development of the transport and tourism sectors depend on civil aviation as an efficient mode of transport. The amendments are necessary due to an increase in the membership of the International Civil Aviation Organization and the expansion of international air transport. The current membership of the ACAO needs to strike a balance of new members of the organization. Whilst we are in support of the regionale to the amendment to protocols to expand the council and the air navigation commission, the critical point for our support is that other African member states will be accommodated in the ICAO Council and therefore development of the African airspace. The ANC support the amendment to Article 50, Subsection A and 56 of the Convention on ICAO as the country continues to uphold and abide by all the Convention on ICAO. Thank you, Honorable Member. Are there any objections to the approval of protocols relating to the amendments to Articles 50A and 56 of the Convention on International Civil Aviation as it appears on the order paper? None. The report is agreed to. We now proceed to the fourth order. The Secretary will read the fourth order. Consideration of report of Portfolio Committee on Transport on Oversight Visits to Mpumalanga, Northwest, and KwaZulu-Natal provinces from 19 to 23 April 2022. Honorable Zwane. Chairperson, thank you once more for the opportunity. Let me also start by 
appreciating the good relationship that the committee members have across the, the parties in this committee. When we disagree, we disagree genuinely, and as we agree, we agree genuinely. I want to thank everybody that has contributed positively. Allow me, Chairperson, to continue and um, present before the National Assembly the report of the committee on an oversight visit to the Mpumalanga Northwest and KwaZulu-Natal provinces for consideration. The committee conducted oversight in Mpumalanga Northwest and KwaZulu-Natal provinces from the 19th to the 23rd April 2022. The oversight visit to Mpumalanga was a follow-up on a previous oversight visit to look into the matter of the delay of the Muloto Rail Corridor development post a complaint from the Muloto Corridor concerned resident. A follow-up visit was scheduled post the meetings with the Department of Transport and National Treasury. This report, Bagocat and the Muloto Road project was to be undertaken whilst the Muloto Rail project was being assessed by the Department of Transport and National Treasury in terms of availability of funding. The visit to the Northwest province was necessitated through the committee requesting to understand the progress made in relation to the implementation of the integrated public transport network in the Rustenberg local municipality and the implementation of the provincial road maintenance grant. The BRT project faced a number of challenges in terms of its implementation. In this regard, the BRT project requires proper management and completion to enable it to become functional, and this includes bus stops and other related infrastructure. The road infrastructure which was visited requires ongoing maintenance, and the committee sought to understand this challenge in relation to the provincial road maintenance grant. A large number of roads in the province have also been transferred to Sandran. It is important that with current budget constraints that the road maintenance grant is optimally utilized for achieving that goal. The visit to the Okashamba local municipality, that is KwaZulu-Natal province, was necessitated through a petition from residents calling on the National Assembly to investigate the state of roads in the community. The The committee met with the delegation which submitted the petition and undertook oversight of the roads in that area. A separate report has been submitted to the House on this matter with observations and recommendations. The oversight visit to the Umsunduzi local municipality to focus on the implementation of the Integrated Public Transport Network grant, as the department reported delays in the implementation of the IPTN grant. The project was suspended in 2019, and most of the infrastructure has been completed. The project delays were due to the project development, objections, and non-responsive bidders. The municipality sought to sought the reinstatement of the project. The report makes important observations and recommendations on each of the visits. 
The department must provide the committee with reports on the Mloto road and rail projects. In relation to the Northwest province, the department and municipality requires to ensure the development of the BRT system within three months. And if the service is not functional, then funding should be withdrawn in six months. The committee requires a regular report on the provincial road maintenance grant, as this is critical for ensuring that there is maintenance of the road network. It is critical that there is value for money in relation to the road maintenance contracts. The development of the BRT transport system in Umsunduzi local municipality, if reinstated, will also have to ensure its full implementation of, and the committee will seek reports on the progress of this project. The committee as part of its agent oversight assess, assesses the budget and actual spend of these projects as it is critical part of developing an efficient public transport site. Public transport is an important part of ensuring job creation and inclusive economic development. The portfolio, the portfolio committee approved the report and submit this report for the consideration of the National Assembly upon adoption of the report the committee will endeavor to ensure the implementation of its recommendations. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. I will now recognize political parties wishing to make declarations with declarations time applicable. The DA. Um, Chairperson, thank you very much. Honorable Chair, let me say on the onset that the Democratic Alliance supports the report as tabled by the Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee. The purpose of these oversights to these provinces, Honorable Chair, as per the briefing notes that we received, were to establish the progress and feedback on the Moloto Corridor in Pumalanga, the Integrated Public Transport Network as part of the Public Transport Network grant in Rustenburg and Sunduz in KZN, Rustenburg being in Northwest. The committee further engaged with the community of Okathamba as per the petition submitted by Honorable Elf Lees on the state of local and provincial roads within the municipality. Honorable Chair, let me say this. It is time that the ANC and in particular the Minister of Transport, Fikilem Balula, to come clean to all South Africans and tell them that they were never serious about the Moloto Corridor. From 2007, uh, 2008, National Treasury had consistently refused to fund the Moloto Corridor or rail project. And yet back in 2006, there was 60 billion project, uh, the 60 billion project was announced by government. And in 2014, a 34 billion budget was announced by government. In 2016, the community was reassured of this project when a cooperation agreement was signed by government with China to build the rail corridor. In reality, the Moloto corridor was nothing but another etoll to the ANC. Every election cycle, the ANC sings the same hymn of promises regarding the ETOs, much like it has been doing, uh, has been the case with the Moloto Rail Corridor, and yet nothing ever happens. One wonders what the tune for the ETOs will be come 2024. We know that Sandra will now uh, be responsible for the Moloto road, uh, road upgrades with phase one of the project intended for completion in 2028, with Sandra to receive an allocation of 4.2 billion between two, uh, 2019-2020 and 2022-2023 financial years, respectively. The reality is that the very horrific and tragic accident the portfolio committee members witnessed on the same day on the same road of our oversight is almost a daily occurrence for the people using the Moloto road, and yet... The ANC could care less as they've been using Moloto, uh, the Moloto issue as a political football for their campaigns. Chair, another ANC created tragedy in, in the failed state 
of the Northwest province. From roads to overall service delivery, the province is a mess. Total Retautuna, Lucas Manyane Mangope did speak about Muso Amapantiti, and here we are. The Rustenburg Rapid Transport bus service has well over five postponements to the commencement of that bus service, while almost four billion of taxpayers' money has been spent, and yet there's no full operation of that particular bus service, with only phase 1A of the project has having been introduced two months ago. The less said about this failed province, the better. And all this because of the ANC. Today, some of those people who were part of the complete collapse of that province are seated right here in this house, completely exonerated from their corruption, mismanagement, etc. This is indeed shocking, but it is expected from a party that continues to show South Africans the middle finger on a daily basis without fail. Chairperson. All the people of Okathamba wanted was for both the provincial and local government in KZN to recognize the economic damage that the condition of the roads have had on both their lives and livelihoods in as far as tourism is concerned. The indignity of having to carry your loved one in a coffin because the hearse cannot access the area. But instead of taking the portfolio committee seriously and honoring our invitation and come to discuss the submitted petition, we were sent officials who clearly had no idea what they were doing at the oversight. They clearly did show that they had absolutely no regard for the people of Okatamba during a public meeting that we held. It is for this reason, Chair, that after almost five months, the people of Okatamba are planning to again write to the Portfolio Committee Chairperson, Mr. Zwani, as nothing has been done in order to resolve the road conditions in that particular municipality. This isn't at all surprising given the service delivery track record of the ANC. The reality is that these injustices happening to the people of this country will come to an end in 2024 when a new coalition government takes over the national and provincial government from this incompetent party, a coalition government led by the Democratic Alliance under the capable leadership of John Vulike. Thank you, Sheikh. Chairperson, I took part on all these the oversight EFF, visits. The Chairperson, EFF, there, there Chairperson, is a speaker. There is a speaker here on the floor. Chairperson, Sorry, there is a speaker here for the EFF on the floor. Go ahead, Sisi. Thank you, Chair. <laughs> Chairperson. The oversight visits revealed that the country is in a long way from having reliable and safe public transport infrastructure. In the Northwest, the committee saw the degeneration caused by years of neglect of public transport infrastructure and the fact that the long-awaiting BRT system has all but been abandoned despite the huge investments made on this infrastructure over the years. In Pumalanga, despite the many years of complaints about the dangers of the Moloto Road, nothing of substance has been done by the department to tackle the problems encountered by the drivers on the road. In fact, while the team, while the committee conducting these visits there was an accident on the road proving that anything can happen anytime and lives continue getting lost in the road. 
This is also despite the fact that Mpumalanga is riddled with potholes everywhere. Small towns such as Emelo are disasters waiting to happen and are testaments of decades of neglect by the deeply corrupt government. In KwaZulu-Natal, the committee experienced firsthand the devastation caused by the floods in that province and observed that had, and observed that had the province had a solid road infrastructure, perhaps the devastation would not have been as bad as it got to be. Taking into account the pace at which repair work is being done in that province, we are convinced that it would take years for the road infrastructure to be refurbished in KZN. In the meantime... Proceed, uh, proceed, uh, honorable. Taking into account, oh no. Taking into account the pace at which repair work is being done in that province, we are convinced that it would take years for the road infrastructure to be refurbished in KZN. In the meantime, our people will be subjected to substandard roads, risking their lives every day. The report does not print a comprehensive picture of the true state of affairs in these provinces, and we reject it. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. Happy I now recognize the IFP. The IFP. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. South Africa road infrastructure is experiencing a total failure in terms of transportation system. Our public use infrastructure was, and still is one of our key dependents in keeping our economy functional. We really heavily on our road infrastructure for almost every sector of our economy. We in traveling between work, schools, shopping mall, provinces, etc. The road infrastructure is also vitally for keeping our major cities and provinces well stocked in terms of goods and services. If we look back to 2021, July unrest under the ANC leadership, we recall the tumultuous state of uncertainty in terms of the ability to transport goods in province of KZN as we as the road network remains under search. We therefore stand to reason that. The government needs to pay serious attention to the, to the maintenance of road infrastructure. The oversight conducted by, by the committee found shameful delays by government in maintaining existing road infrastructure, which place all road users at risk, including cyclists and, and schools. This due to the lack of proper signage, lightning sufficient space for pedestrians, and the danger was created by potholes. In the north, Northwest province, the committee reported that farmers who contributed to our economic through taxes and jobs were left to unfrustrated that they helped their own fundraisers to repair potholes. This is deeply concerned as this area is industry intensive and contribute to the job creation. 
sustainability and the economic development of our country. In the Okathamba municipality, the roads, especially the R74, are badly damaged and need to be attended to with agents. The potholes make it incredibly difficult for people to access their homes, shops, and places of, of work, giving the absolutely decay of road infrastructure. Potholes are not the only threat to our economic remaining a going concern. Another threat is the lack of mass, affordable and rapid infrastructure, which severely limit people's ability to earn a daily living wage. For instance, the, the bus rapid transit system in Rustenberg has been in a development since 2012, with no really operations being conducted. Peter it reported that there were 150 buses stops on the two corridors, yet this figure does not seem to be added up. The minister must account for each of these stops to show us that 152 indeed exist and they are listed under Department of Key of Key Achievement. In closing, Honorable Chairperson, the minister must ensure that projects related to repeat mass transportation are in, implemented in order to assist. Thank you, assist. Honorable Member. Your the, time is not adding up. The IP support. Thank you. The FF Plus. Thank you, Voorzitter. During my oversight visit to Pumalanga, Northwest, and KwaZulu Natal, the community of Pumalanga heard that the National Treasury has indicated that in the Maloto Rail Corridor, the rail part of the project will be discontinued and that the focus will be on widening the road, part of which has been handed over to Sanral. It is unacceptable as the policy is to move from road to rail. 10,000 people were killed on the road over the last 13 years. Therefore, rail must be part of the solution. We noted on our oversight visit that in the, all the provinces, the biggest problem is road maintainers, maintainers, which should be followed up. The committee is grateful for the project announced by the Minister of Transport during August to repair portals and hope it will be a success. The roads in the area of Bergville have become a serious danger and the impact is not only about the road, but has a negative influence on tourism. The pie is from so swak gehalte that the motors nie eens die gastehuise kan bereik nie. Ons het met ons aankomstdag gevind dat baie van die werkers buiten gestaan het en gesoebat het dat die paie herstel moet word, anders gaan hulle werk verloor. Rustenburg in Northwest was a real disappointment. Fleet Rustenburg in Northwest was a real disappointment. Fleet Vehicles were bought two years ago for the amount of 4 million rand. The whole fleet was parked as a result of a court case. There is said that they the first year 100 million betaal het, and then they have said that the price is gelaid, and the municipality has been further to betaal. This is a scanner. I will for you say... <laughs> the traffic department was suspected and the 21 vehicles, only three in operation as a result of the inability to procure vehicle parts. And the reason is that the municipality not the rekeningen by the underdeelen afdelings betaal nie. 
Daar is geen verkeersdienste nie. En ek vraag vir van die verkeersmanne, toe sê hulle sit maar bedags in die kantoor om die tyd om te kry. Die municipaliteit in Ristenburg is in so swak toestand. Ek dink dat is net een oplossing, een forensische onderzoek sal gelas moet word. Baie dankie. Baie dankie. ACJP? ACJP? Thank you, Honorable House Chairperson. As we consider this report from the Transport Portfolio Committee, the ACGP is reminded of the words of renowned statesman, Dr. late Dr. Miles Monroe, who stated, whatever you do not manage, you will lose. He went on to say that if you don't manage your car, you will lose it. If you don't manage your house, you will lose it. If you don't manage your marriage, your business, or your finances, you will lose it. This report on the oversight visit of Transport Portfolio Committee to Mpumalanga Northwest and KwaZulu-Natal is one of poor management, which, if not addressed, will result in the loss of continued billions of rands. 17.9 million rand was spent on a feasibility study on the Moloto Rail Corridor project. The concerned residents complain that government has made numerous promises on the finalization of the project as far back as 1996 and failed to deliver. The roads in and around Rustenburg local municipality are in a state of disrepair, full of potholes, and have poor road markings. Rustenburg Rapid Transport Route Project is in a shambles. Vehicle licenses on three buses have expired. Roofs at bus stations were either collapsing or managed, uh, uh, collapsing or damaged, and just under half a billion rands worth of new vehicles have not been used for two years due to court cases on tender irregularity. Remember, what you do not manage, you will lose. The visit to Msunduzi in KZN can be summed up with the following quote from the report. The members wanted to know why they should support the reinstatement of the grant after what they had observed on the roads as the responses by officials on site inspection left much to be desired. The passengers gained nothing out of what was constructed so far. The municipality could not do basic maintenance on the route, such as grass cutting or fixing dysfunctional traffic lights. The non-motorized transport section looked of poor quality and did not look like it would last. Now this, despite some 991.15 million, close to 1 billion rand spent from the Provincial Transport Network grant on the Integrated Provincial Transport Network. The responsible national, provincial and municipal transport authorities are failing to manage our roads and transport networks. They should just hand it over to the ACDP if they fail to manage or they will lose it. I thank you. The UGM, the UGM, the ATM, good. Uh, House Chair, we have no declaration. Thank you. Thank you. NFP. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, year in and year out, all departments go on oversight, come back, Adopt these reports, take them, throw them into the bin, subject closed. Six months later, go on another oversight, live in the most beautiful hotels, 
get the podium, come back, exactly the same thing, adopt the reports, and that's it. Now, what is new about the crumbling infrastructure, whether you talk about road network, you talk about rail, whether you talk about water and sanitation, the police buildings, if you talk about the health sector, every other infrastructure is collapsing. And we haven't learned anything over the last 10, 20 years as far as infrastructure maintenance is concerned. Now, you know, I'll give you some statistics, Chairperson, that in developing countries on public transport, a commuter ought to be paying or spending 10% of their income. In South Africa, in the metros, this figure sits as high as 50.4%. While in our country's rural areas, the figures sit just over 20%. Now, look at the amount of money the most vulnerable people in this country spend. But look at the states of our road and rail network. Look at the number of accidents that are caused and the damage to these vehicles as well, where even the insurance companies, Chairperson, have now come in and decided to go out there and fix these potholes. Now, the question is, Chairperson, what are we going to do about it? There's no point in coming here and adopting these reports all the time and then doing very little or nothing about it. Then the question we need to ask is that these oversight mechanisms and processes we got and the monies do we spend, are we achieving anything about it? With this, is there any consequences for people that are failing to provide these services despite money is being allocated for these things, Chairperson. So the National Freedom Party will support this. But what we are calling for is urgent attention as far as the oversight mechanisms that we have in place, whether it's yielding positive results. And more importantly, why is there no consequence management? Why are people still holding these positions when they are failing to deliver? In the private sector, this will not happen. They will be fired. In the public sector, you will employ them again and again and again. So the National Freedom Party will support it, but wanted to express our concern. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. The Independent Congress, COPE, PAC, Al-Jama. No declaration. Thank you. The African National Congress. Uh, thank you, uh, House Chairperson. Um, ministers, Deputy Ministers, present, Chief Whip of the Majority, colleagues, Honorable Members of Parliament from both sides of the House, in particular, our colleagues from the Portfolio Committee on Transport, with whom we work very, very well. And I endorse what the chairperson said earlier. Uh, We really appreciate the support. Fellow South Africans, I rise on behalf of the African National Congress to support the report as presented by the chairperson of the Portfolio Committee. The Oversight visits, as already alluded to by most of my colleagues, was in certain an eye-opener to all of us. The Moloto roads, rail, and road corridor projects are well documented. The people in that area went and 
camped at the union buildings, which was one of the things that caused us to go there to listen to the people. We met the king of uh, the area and he raised similar concerns. As the ANC, we are calling on the minister and the department to find closure in the whole issue of the Moloto rail corridor, as has been promised to the people. In Rustenburg, we raised a lot of concerns, particularly to the completion of the BRT system, as it is commonly known. We are concerned that despite most of the project almost completed, there has been no benefit to the people of that area. And therefore, we call on the department to support the municipality to ensure that this project is completed and the people can benefit. Having gone to Ukatamba district of major concern in that area was in particular the non-completion of a memorandum of agreement between the province of KwaZulu-Natal and Sanral to take over the road commonly known as R74, which is in a bad state. As the ANC, we call on the minister and the department to ensure that that agreement is concluded so that that road could be fixed so that the people of that area could benefit from their economic lifeline, which is tourism, and which will also create jobs in line with the economic recovery plan of the president of the country and that of the ANC. We, in Sunduzi municipality, of course, as the colleagues have said, once more the concerns are similar to those of Rustenburg because of the non-completion of the BRT system, despite a lot of money that has been spent. We call also on the Minister of Transport and the department to ensure that that municipality is supported, as we cannot allow the money that has been used to go to waste and the people of the municipality do not benefit. We are convinced that the department is hard at work and we believe that with the cooperation within the portfolio committee and our continued oversight, we will be able to see much more improvement in all these areas such that the people can benefit. The ANC is in support of this report and uh, we are sure that... <clears throat> we will be able to improve in most of these areas. Chairperson, I thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you, Honorable Manu. I now recognize the Honorable Chief Whip of the Majority Party. Ngozi Salwendu, Kipagamisa Indiobalenga Elo, Ikwe Tata Apa Yekomiti, the motion is that the report be adopted. Are there any objections? Chair, not the objection of the EFF. EFF, uh, uh, objection noted. Any other objection? None. 
the report is agreed to. We now move to the fifth and the sixth orders. The secretary will read the fifth and the sixth orders together. Consideration of report of Joint Standing Committee on Financial Management of Parliament on Parliament of the Republic of South Africa's 2021. Just, just pause. Secretary, just pause. There's a lot of noise here. We can't hear the secretary reading the orders. It will not be repeated. Proceed, secretary. Consideration of report of Joint Standing Committee on Financial Management of Parliament on Parliament of the Republic of South Africa's 2021-2022 media performance and consideration of report of Joint Standing Committee on Financial Management of Parliament on Parliament of the Republic of South Africa's 2021-2022 third year quarter report. Thank you. Honorable Mabe. I now recognize Honorable Mabe. I now recognize Honorable Mabe, the chairperson. Honorable Khadebe. Uh, I, I think she might be having a network problem. Nah, I, I don't know whether we can wait a little bit for her and allow the other parties to, to come in. No. No, all right. <laughs> thank, thank you, Chairperson of the Heart. You're out of order. <laughs> thank you, Chairperson of the sitting, the ministers and the deputy ministers in the House and the members of this August House. Uh, today, vote on behalf of the Chairperson of the Committee. And then, first of all, we should have to deal with is that one, this midterm report plus the third term report, it was presented when we still had an acting secretary to parliament. So the new secretary to parliament was not a party to that. But what I, what I can attest to is that those reports are clean. When I mean, when I say that clean, when the auditor general's report comes back, you will find that we are going to have a clean audit of 2021, 2022. <laughs> So just, uh, per, just uh, please take your seat, Honorable Khadebe. Uh, let me recognize the hand of uh, Honorable uh, Paulson. Person, I just want to know, what is the Honorable Khadebe doing? Have you recognized him to present the report to us? <laughs> thank you, Honorable Paulson. You are in order. Thank you. It's a very odd panel. No, thank you. You now can sit. That's a paper time. Uh, proceed, Honorable Khadebe. Nine, nine years into the struggle. So, uh, proceed, yeah. Honorable Khadebe, with no. your report. All right. Th th thank you, Chairperson. As I said, that this report is going to cover the midterm report of Parliament plus the third term report of Parliament. As I said before, that those two reports were presented when the former acting secretary to Parliament was still acting. But what is very important about those reports? 
is that those reports shows the efficiency and effectiveness in which the parliamentary staff is dealing with the budget of parliament. But what is critical, there are certain things which we raised as the Joint Standing Committee, the issue of the performance management system of parliament. We found that it was too minimalistic in nature. So that's why when we engaged with the new secretary, we have told him that very clearly that the performance system must change so that we can have and to assess the impact, the impact of the budget itself. Just to make an example today, this sitting is delayed because there was no schedule. This is a national key point. We are supposed to be having a backup generator. So the issue why did this default didn't kick in. So those are the things which I think that we highlighted as the Joint Standing Committee of, of, of Parliament that there are certain things that, that when we look at the budget of Parliament, we must look at the impact of the budget. And then what is also very important, what was raised in those uh, reports, is the issue of the vacancies which were existing in the structure of Parliament. But we are very happy now that the Secretary of Parliament has been appointed. When we engaged him, we told him very clear that we want all the posts which are not filled, they must be filled. But I must confess that as the Joint Standing Committee, we agreed that we are not going to fill the, the person who's in charge of Secretary of Parliament before the Secretary of Parliament is appointed so that it can be party to the process. Again, the issue of the CFO of Parliament, we raised it very sharply that we needed, when the CFO is appointed, the permanent Secretary of Parliament must be part of the outfit so that whoever is going to be appointed, he must be part of the process of appointing. So what uh, we are presenting today is that the parliament has done it once more. We are on the road to clean all this, uh -huh. but we can improve. Thank you. I will now recognize political parties that are wishing to make declarations with the usual time applicable. The DA, House Chair, Parliament has four functions. Number one, to elect a president. Number two, to hold the executive to account. Number three, to pass legislation. And number four, to be the center of public debate in the most pressing issues of South Africa. In fact, this Parliament has also resolved that its mission is to be an activist and responsive people's parliament. Judging by the function and the vision of the institution alone, we should have a national legislature that has its finger on the pulse, ready with solutions to the crises of the day. Unfortunately, this has not been the case when one looks at Parliament's mid-year review. It is easy to produce a shopping list of targets and met milestones, but when we actually, what are we actually measuring? Are we measuring the real impact of Parliament on ordinary people who look to us in this house for solutions to their problem? There's often a misconception that is wildly held that Parliament belongs to the politician who occupy these benches, when in fact, this national legislature belongs to the people we are meant to serve. This is why there are three key issues that are preventing Parliament from fulfilling its constitutional obligation. Number one, 
there's a detachment of the business of the house from the business of the people. It is absolutely critical that the work that we do here is directly linked to the issues that are occupying the minds of South Africans. We should be judging the efficacy of this house by how many times a budget has been sent back to the executive so that it can provide a safety net for those who are crippled by poverty. We should be assessing our work based on the pieces of legislation that are passed to seek to tackle crime and un- outlaw harmful practices like cater deployment. Instead, we howl and scream to each other about things that have no value to the ordinary person. Number two, the big uh, obstacle is the limited functionality of parliament for MPs and the public. Concerningly, it has taken eight months to get a report on the status of the damage to the Houses of Parliament. One only shudders to think how long it will take to rebuild the institution. Many will argue, like Honorable Hope likes to do, that the work of Parliament can be done virtually. They do so ignoring the fact that what we do here spans far beyond making speeches from time to time. Holding government to account fully means reaching across the aisle sometimes to find solutions to difficult problems that are facing the country. So parliament must come back to work. It is therefore important that every cent is geared towards the rebuilding of the institution. That is why it is very odd for us as members of uh, the opposition to find out that the secretary to parliament has, uh, 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 you know, agreed to the splurging of two new vehicles for presiding officers when the current cars under are under two years old. It is also weird to us that the contract was allegedly awarded to the disgraced former Secretary to Parliament, Mr. Mgillana, at a great public cost. Number number three, the issues that is facing Parliament is the abuse of the majority that render Parliament useless. The country watched with horror as details of Parliament's inaction during state capture were revealed during the Zondo Commission. Former presiding officers even offered public apologies for Parliament's role in aiding and abetting the looting of public money by those, some of us who are still sitting here today. Now we have an opportunity to rectify what we neglected to do by holding the government to account. At every turn, efforts to demand answers are blocked by the ANC that enjoys majority in this house, and we sincerely hope that your time is soon running out. Questions on the alleged... Uh, House Chair, please could you protect me from the howlers in the House? Questions on the alleged abuse of public institutions on the on the president's farm are often blocked. MPs are sent from pillar to post from the Speaker to the Joint Standing of Intelligence and now rejected once again. The Zondo Commission reports have given us a diagnosis of where the gaps are in our own systems and in our own rules. We should be ignoring these at our own peril. Hollowing out Parliament, members of Parliament, is for short political gain and factional interest will work now, but it will cost the country dearly for generations to come. The caucus that I lead will ensure that we are doing what we are sent here to do. We will fight attempts to render parliament useless at every turn. Let us hope that in the next uh, story, in the next uh, assessment period, parliament will have a better story to tell. Thank you. The EFF.
thank you, Chairperson. The EFF rejects the report of the Standing Committee on Financial Management of Parliament on the 2021-2022 third quarter report and the 2021-2022 mid-year performance report. Both reports deal with side issues, and this is evidence in the repetition of observations and recommendations. We are going to deal with more substantive issues because there are more pressing matters that we must address. We want to reiterate our call that Parliament must be fully reopened and all members must meet physically to conduct business. We want to pass legislation and exercise oversight over the executive and we want uh, to just, just physically. Honorable Paulson, take your seat. Um, honorable members, you can interject, but you don't, you don't do what you're doing especially on my right. We can't hear the speaker who's on the, who's on the podium. Honorable Linda Moss, I am not going to call you again. Please proceed, Honorable Paulson. Empty vessels. We want to pass legislation and exercise oversight over the executive, and we want to do so physically. We cannot do it if we are being prevented by an incompetent administration that cannot find a venue quick enough. The measures that were put in place during COVID-19, especially the restriction on the number of people who are allowed to come to Parliament, are no longer valid. We want to come to work and give citizens a sense that there is a legislature. In the meantime, while we process the bill to relocate Parliament to the city of Tuani permanently, we have proposed to the Chief Whips Forum that we move Parliament to the Oliver Tumbo Hall in Kailicha as a temporary place for all National Assembly plenary sessions. We cannot use a... Yes, pa... yes, Kailicha. Is there something wrong with Kailicha? Because that way you put up Honorable Paulson. Honorable Paulson. The committee does not address issues. Chairperson. You don't uh, speak to directly to members. Please speak through the chair and, and continue with your speech. They don't speak to me through you, Chair. We cannot use a burning of Parliament as an excuse to have limited number of members in the House. The committee report does not address issues of the poor capacity of Parliament to assist members in drafting bills. We raised these matters even in the third term, but nothing was done. We have submitted to the National Assembly Programming Committee a practical and implementable plan to build legislative capacity for Parliament to assist members with bills. We have yet to receive a response. We raise the issues of budget cuts for language services, which means some members cannot get translation and interpretation services timelessly. We continue to prioritize English and Afrikaans as though they are the only two languages all the recommendations made in the report will just be filed and nothing will be done, as has been the case with other quarterly reports that were tabled before this National Assembly. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Paulson. The IFP. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. The performance and operation of Parliament has undeniably been seriously impacted by the global pandemic and the devastating fires in January 2022, which caused irreparable damage to the National Assembly. Due to these challenges, we had to urgently find solutions to ensure effective 
public engagement, participation, and above all, effective oversight of the executive. Although at times the hybrid operation of plenary and committee meetings has been challenging, it has also presented us with an opportunity to use technology to reach the public more effectively, as much as we were faced with difficult obstacles. We were also faced with unique opportunities to evolve as parliament. In this regard, the IFP acknowledges the efforts made to ensure information communication was strengthened. As the 2021-2022 third quarter report shows, parliament had strong infrastructure support, enabling effective broadcasting and digital streaming to select committees. We, however, should continue expanding and building on this IT capacity and importantly, investing the capacity of our members in this regard. The recent workshop hosted by the National Assembly in August 2022 was therefore highly welcomed by the IFP. We strongly support the development of the technical competencies of all members. We believe even more can and should be done in this regard. We must remind ourselves that at the core of our constitutional mandate is the need to ensure that public, the people of South Africa, feel the institution represents them and their views. There cannot be a disconnect between parliament and the people we represent. It is therefore highly concerning that statistics have shown a strong decline in trust in the institution of parliament. According to 2021 results of surveys conducted by Afrobarometer, a highly respected search network, trust in parliament continues to decline. Only 27% of respondents apparently trusted members of parliament. Even more concerning is the fact that these surveys have shown that trust in parliament is considered the weakest among younger uh, younger correspondents in the age of uh, 18 to 25, where just 19% have been shown to trust the institution. These results show a clear disconnect between parliament and people in it represents it cannot ignore this we cannot ignore this reality although the reasons for such decline are multifaced and arguably aggravated by the extent of state capture we need to work harder and more effective in reaching the public and ensuring their voices are heard especially those in rural areas who do not have access Thank you, honorable to member be more effective with your time next time. FF the plus. IFC accepts both reports of the committee. Thank you. The FF plus. The person who have no declarations. Thank you. ACGP. Uh, no declaration. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson. Well, is, is there a contest between the two of you? <laughs> between three and... Uh... Disappear this side. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Go ahead. Um, well, the ACDP would like to focus on one aspect, and that relates to the reference in the both reports to improving committee oversight in relation to the budget cycle in particular, to rely more time in the parliamentary program for oversight activities and by encouraging committees to undertake such activities jointly. Now, this is obviously very key, and this is the essence of parliamentary oversight as parliamentary committees are the engine room of Parliament. And one aspect where Chief Justice Zondo in the State Capture Report 
did, did give credit to was the Public Enterprises Portfolio Committee when it conducted a very effective ESCOM oversight and a lot of that evidence was then taken across to the State Capture Commission. And I think that is something that we can really build on as it improves accountability in Parliament and bearing in mind that Chief Justice Sondo concluded that Parliament's failure to hold the executive to account contributed to the state capture project. Now, it's important to note that he also recommended a number of items, and it was referred to by previous speakers, and recommendations that need to be implemented, such as leaders of political parties should provide the political space for individual MPs to ask difficult questions without prejudice to themselves. Now, what we're alluding to here is study groups before the committee meetings where MPs are giving their marching orders. Sondo recommended that the assurance should be given to such MPs that their concerns will be taken seriously and properly answered. Now, the ACDP agrees with this and trusts that those recommendations of the Zondo Commission will be implemented to ensure that parliamentary oversight is improved along the lines of that ESCOM oversight, which was highly regarded. The next item that I'd quickly like to deal with is, of course, the fire, and that is referred to in the report as well, the devastating fire at Parliament. And whilst we appreciate this matter is receiving ongoing attention, as indicated, eight months to get a full report as to damages, the costs of damages, the restoration costs. Clearly, we know that in terms of heritage legislation, this building must be restored to its full extent. And obviously, those costs must be incurred. And in the meantime, all efforts must be made to ensure that the National Assembly meets physically and does its work and oversight work and lawmaking effectively. Now, as far as the other recommendations are concerned, I see there are references to vacancies, filling of vacancies and other issues of alignment repeated in both of these reports. And the ACDP trusts, as the report says, that there must be responses within 30 days of the adoption. The ACDP supports these reports. I thank you. Thank you. The UDM, ATM. Good. And no declaration, House Chair. UNFP. Yes, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, allow me to apologize. I'm in a motor vehicle with another engagement. The National Freedom Party will support both these reports. However, we want to express our serious concern, Chairperson, for, me, for a long period of That's time. That's a honourable member. Thank members, you. Members, please, I don't know what excites you now. Please. Please, can you please uh, remain calm, members? Honourable uh, Sheikh Imam. Yes, can I go ahead, Chairperson? Yeah, you can switch yeah. off your yeah. camera now. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, thank, thank you, you very ahead. much. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you, Chairperson. Yeah. In supporting both these reports, the National Freedom Party wants to express its very serious concern. Now, we have appointed, uh, after a very long period of time, the Secretary to Parliament. And, and I know that government generally has always been speaking about dealing with the issues of cadet deployment, ensuring that people that are appointed have the necessary capacity and ability and the qualifications to do the job. And I'm very disappointed that we seem to play lip service. And an ideal example is this, that while there are critical posts that are vacant, extension of contracts has been given to particularly 
a, an employee in parliament who the public service commission found guilty when one of our employees, Garana, committed suicide. And more importantly, Chairperson, the audit committee reports indicated clearly that this particular manager, Mr. Sudo, does not have the necessary qualification and did not have the qualification and the experience when he was originally appointed in the first place. Now, an eight-month contract was ex- given to him. Now, a further one-year extension has been given to him. And what is worse, Chairperson, that that position does not appear in the current structure. Yet an extension was given, and all the secretary to Palin can tell us, Jefferson, is that no, he had to make some appointments. But yet there are critical posts that are vacant. He didn't attend to that. He decided and chose to do that with very little information, he says, and he promised to come back on that. Now, if that is the way we're going to conduct ourselves, Chairperson, then clearly it does not augur well for the future and for the running of parliament. And that is why I can understand the concerns that are being raised by my fellow colleagues. The National Freedom Party is supporting this because these reports are not the current ones. Thank you very much. Thank you. Independent Congress, COPE, PAC, Aljama. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair. We look forward uh, to this parliament once again becoming a people's parliament. With all due respect, uh, Honorable Chair, there's no people in this parliament. The people are not here. So how can it be a people's parliament? We also know that constituents, parliamentary constituency offices, extend the footprint of parliament all over the country. 400 members of parliament, at least 400 parliamentary constituency officers. It is sad that nothing is said in the two reports about the footprint of parliament. So we're not a people's parliament. Our footprint uh, is confined to a very small space. Uh, that is not what we want. Thank you very much, Honorable Auschee. Thank you, Honorable Hendricks. Just to tell you that there are over 100 people here in this parliament can join us tomorrow. Thank you. The African National Congress. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chairperson, members of the Joint Standing Committee and the uh, Nicely clad, uh, chief whip of the majority. For the African National Congress, we view in the mid-year, I don't know how, why this halabaloo, because if you look on the right side, uh, members of the ANC are, are in a good attendance, seats are as a fool. So, but when you look on the opposite, you see a different picture. So it is good first to inspect your house before you jump on other people's house. For the African National Congress, we view and mid-year report on the performance of parliament as a critical point to assess whether the strategic plan of the sixth parliament and its policy priorities remain aligned and that we can actually see... Uh, just a pause, honorable member. Honorable Member, just take a seat. Honorable Dipua Peters and Nazrin Paulson. Honorable Nazrin Paulson, you are creating a deliberate noise. You're sitting across each other. 
and you are starting a conversation while a member is on the platform. Please desist from that. Refrain from doing that. Thank you. Proceed, Honorable Member. So the plan of the sixth parliament and its policy priorities remain aligned and that we can usually see the performance measured against the intention of the plan and, and policies. The same applies for the third quarterly report on the performance of parliament. For this, we need credible evidence and facts measured against the legislation that governs parliament and the protocol and procedures which regulates how we are meant to conduct oversight and the operational running of the institution. We restate that what we said in 2021, uh, that we do not agree with a highly compromised uh, performance management methodology that Parliament has clung to. Despite severe criticism that in its design and methodology, the measurement of quality of performance as a reduced to quantitatively meeting targets. Individual member satisfaction is a very subjective way of measuring performance in the absence of agreed key performance areas, agreed key performance indicators, and agreed performance standards. We are pleased that uh, so far Parliament has undertaken to move away from this methodology to one which is more conventional and gets to measuring quality of performance in which we then base decisions on what we, what we need to change or be strengthened. A media review of performance is not only an exercise in measuring the performance of the administration, but it's also about measuring the performance of the political functioning of parliament, whether it is addressing through its work the political economy of South Africa, in intervening in setting the national agenda and debate, is intervening in influencing the, the shifting of resources of the national fiscals to areas that we have identified as greatest needs through our oversight work, takes up uh, petitions of the public who serve petitions on, on, on parliament, etc. This is what makes the parliament relevant in the eyes of the people. Our reporting performance on both mid-year and the third quarter has become stuck in, in a binary. We, we report as if we are reporting to the Auditor General. Of course, in terms of the financial management of parliament and provincial legislature, we have, we have to account diligently and specifically and with regards to finances, uh, this is done. However, the parliament in its reporting has has got to demonstrate the correlation between policy priority, strategic plan, our daily operations, and what impact uh, Parliament has on the on the country development objectives. The ability to do this will render us to a binary every quarter on looking at figures and postulating on why this amount was spent in this way. Rather than looking at outcomes and impact, for auditing, for auditing purposes, we certainly should commend a high level of consistency in audit outcomes, but finances is, is, is a means to deliver on policy objectives, and that requires far more critical engagement going forward. The, the presentation on performance we receive 
uh, member satisfaction measured in terms of percentage and detailed financial accounting. What we need by the drafters of the reports is a regular analysis with evidence as to whether we are on track measured against the strategic plan and policy priorities and annually outcome and, and impact. These in terms, uh, these in terms should impact, uh, should, should inform the APP. This is a shift in how future reports need to be drafted. Therefore, going forward, besides reporting on what amounts have been allocated to core business and, and, and other programs, how much was spent and on, on, on not spent and why, we need to get assessments on our performance in the core business of parliament. Our committee work, our oversight work, our constituency work, etc. This is what makes a parliament relevant to the people. The ANC would want to propose that for the better functioning of all parla of parliament, all members' interests be dealt with on a monthly basis in a forum chaired by House Chair uh, Honorable uh, Buroto, so that, that these don't end up in a multi-party uh, Chief Whips forum, and the NA Programming Committee, which are meant to deal with programming, not members' interests. Reports from monthly forum can be fed through into a quarterly report of performance to the Joint Standing Committee. And then this is a matter of the other institutional matter which would argue a new monthly forum led by the House Chair uh, of the Committee and Secretary to Parliament should convene to deal with technical uh, institutional matters. This will then allow, allow the Joint Standing Committee to oversee, to oversight proce uh, process matters instead of trying to process uh, them in a Joint Standing Committee. This will also allow the committee time to engage on policy performance financial oversight and provides guidance informed by the process uh, items. Oversight requires substructures to carry out the technical work and report to joint standing committee. In this way, we'll have more systematic way of working. The NC supports both these reports. Thank you. Thank you. I now recognize uh, the Honorable Chief Whip of the Majority Party. House Chair, we move that the report be adopted. The motion is that the reports be adopted. Are there any objections? Could you please note the objection of the DA? Objection Austin? noted. Please note the objection of the FF plus. Objection noted. Objection noted. The report is now agreed to. Thank you. We now come to motions without notice. Does any member of the ANC wish to give a motion without notice? Yes, Chair. The African National Congress moved without notice that the House notes with sadness the passing on of three people after the mining dam burst its banks, flooding parts of Jagerfontein in Free State on Sunday, 11 September 2022. Further notes that 40 people have since been taken to hospital after sustaining injuries, while four people have been confirmed to be missing. Understands that homes and vehicles were swept away. People were displaced and other lost property. Commends the government of the Free State for responding in time and coordinated the multidisciplinary 
teams consisting of the South African Police Service, Emergency Medical Service, Health, Disaster Management, Social Development, Search and Rescue Personnel and Engineers who have offered services and conveys condolences to the family of the deceased and wishes all the injury people a speedy recovery. I thank you, Chair. Thank you, the DA. Thank you, Chairperson. I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that this House notes that Professor Maike Masango, an emeritus professor of practical theology at the Faculty of Theology and Religion at the University of Pretoria, was born on 27 October 1947. Further notes that Professor Masango has served as a senior minister in the Presbyterian Church of South Africa since 1997. Acknowledges that Professor Masango became the first black lecturer appointed at the university's faculty of theology and religion after his appointment as an associate professor. Recognizes that Professor Masango has supervised 1,217 honors and postgraduate degrees, 168 masters, and over 50 PhD candidates during his illustrious academic career. Celebrates the immense contribution of Professor Masango that he has made to nation building through his work as a dedicated clergyman and great academic Congratulate Professor Masango on his achievements and wishes him well in all his future endeavors. I so move, Chairperson. Thank you. The EFF. Thank you, Chairperson. Arise on behalf of the economic freedom fighters to move without notice that the House notes that today, the 13th of September 2022, William Ruto will be sworn in as president of Kenya following recent elections in that country which he defeated, in which he defeated the candidacy of Mr. Raila Odinga. Further notes that Mr. William Ruto was Deputy President of Kenya for the past nine years, deputizing outgoing President Uhuru Kenyatta, acknowledges that even though the outcomes of the elections were contested in court, all parties have now accepted the decision of the Supreme Court in Kenya, certifying the victory of Mr. William Ruto. Further acknowledges the maturity in which all those involved conducted themselves, which led to no reported incidences of violence following the election and the announcement of the results. Commends the work of the Independent Electoral and Boundaries Commission of Kenya for conducting elections that were largely considered to be free and fair. Sends its congratulations to the new president of Kenya, wishing him well on his new responsibilities. I so move. Thank you. Motion supported. The ANC. House Chair, the African National Congress moved this motion without notice that the House notes that the legendary Eastern Cape traditional music artist Mamalatosi Matosimi Mpatin has been honored by the roads with the Rhodes University's highest honor, the Honorary Doctorate Degree in Music on Saturday, the 3rd September, 2022. Further notes that Rhodes University Vice Chancellor, Professor Susan Mabizela, officially handed over a hood and gown to Dr. Latozi Matosin Mpatlin in full view of her family and the community of Mkankato 
Mkangato village in Liborte outside Mtat, understand that the award is in recognition of her immeasurable contribution as the matriarch in preserving and promoting Isikosa music. Acknowledges that the rope being formed part of a Vantuka of Living Legends recognition event organized by the National Department of Sports, Arts and Culture. Remembers that some of the instruments played by Dr. Matosini includes Uadi, Umhube, and Isitolotol. Congratulates Dr. Matosini on receiving the award and applauds Rhodes University for having honored our living legend. So I move. Thank you. Are there any objections? I put the motion. IFP. Thank you, House Chair. On behalf of the Inkata Freedom Party, I move that the House notes the passing of lightweight boxer Simiso Kandakanda Butelis. Further notes that he passed away at the Deben Hospital following reports that he sustained a, a brain injury during a match which resulted in internal bleeding. Acknowledges that on the 5th June 2022, Simiso participated in a boxing tournament hosted by Starline Boxing Promotions at Greyville, Deben, where the incident took place. Extends its deepest and most heartfelt condolences to his family and friends, as well as Boxing South Africa, on the untimely passing of this young and promising outlet. Calls on the government facilitate a, th- a thorough investigation into the circumstances surrounding this incident and to ensure that there are additional safety measures adopted by the sport and safeguard athletes without uh, diluting the thrill and excitement that comes with the sports and boxing. I so move. Thank you. Are there any objections? No objections. Agreed to. FF Plus. Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the FF Plus that this House congratulates the town of Kruenstadt in the Mukaka local municipality and the Free State for winning the Kaiknet Town of the Year competition. Acknowledges that this feat was achieved by the hard work and dedication of the Kruenstadt community who united as one under the banner of the Ignite and Revive Kruenstadt movement. Further acknowledges that local businesses and residents are working hard to improve the state of Kruenstadt and the Mukaka local municipality as a whole. Applaud the spirit with which this community stands together to make their town a better place and wish them all the best for their future projects. I so move. Thank you. Are there any objections? None. Agreed to. The ANC. Thank you, House Chair. Uh, motion on. Twins. Well, I don't know if ANC has got twins. No, there's no problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you, House Chair. Motion on three black female doctors breaking the class ceiling of radiology. The African National Congress moved without notice that the House knows that the radiologists and Jacinta have recently launched an advanced medical radiation workers monitoring service, those semester services. Two chair that further notes that this company monitors occupational radiation exposure to assist employers with their responsibility to ensure that doses are monitored and reported. Acknowledges that the doctor. Coranting 
choose to specialize in radiology because for her, it has so much possibility of assisting people through non-invasive means and the diagnosis are the core guiding surgeons and physicians in treating patients. Further acknowledges chair that uh, Dr. Mutsunzu wanted to build a legacy for her daughter and to make name for black women in medicine, in radiology, in health, ownership, representativity, and Dr. Adringwe choose radiology as a specialty because radiology is a discipline that is at the entire section of others, and this was important for her. Chair, understand that the business venture started due to lack of female radiologists, especially the black ones. As ANC, we congratulate all three doctors and wishes them success as a nation. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Any objections? Motion agreed to. ACDP. Thank you, House Chair. The ACDP moves without notice that the House expresses its profound shock and sadness at the murder of Cape Town magistrate and former prosecutor Romay van Royen, who was found dead by a relative in her house, Marina de Gama, this past Saturday afternoon. Notes that van Royen started her career with the National Prosecuting Authority in 1997, prosecuting in the district and regional courts before becoming a state advocate in the Western Cape High Court. She was then employed as an acting magistrate in 2016, where she was the presiding officer in matters heard in the maintenance, domestic violence, and criminal courts. Notes further that her death is a loss to the judiciary and the justice system as a whole, and expresses its heartfelt condolences to Van Royen's family and friends, and trusts that the South African police will leave no stone unturned in bringing the perpetrators of this horrendous crime to justice. I so move. Thank you. Any objections? None. Motions agreed to. A UDM? A ATM? The DA? Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that this House notes that the Young Artist Academy in Hollywood has honored 11-year-old South African Caleb Payne with a nomination for leading youth artist in a feature film. Further notes that since 1978, the Young Artists Academy has produced Hollywood's first and longest-running youth awards, Healthy Los Angeles, and affectionately called the Youth Oscars by the Huffington Post. Acknowledges that the Academy has worked with some of the biggest names in entertainment with previous nominees and winners, including Scarlett Johansson, Leonardo DiCaprio, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence. He recalls that Trevor Noah received an honorary award for journalistic uh, excellence in 2020, and The Gods Must Be Crazy was given a merit award in 1984 for Best Foreign Film. recognizes that Caleb's uh, nomination in this is, is the first South African nomination for acting. Further recognizes that Caleb's nomination is even more unique since he is getting recognized for his performance in the movie Good Life, a small independent South African movie filmed in Cape Town, in hard lockdown of 2020 and available on Apple TV, Amazon and Netflix. Congratulates Caleb on his nomination and wishes him success at the awards. I so move. Thank you. Any objections? None. Motion agreed. The EFF? I rise on behalf of the Economic Freedom Fighters to move without motion that the House notes on the 8th of this month, Queen Elizabeth and the ceremonial head of state to many countries that were colonized by Britain died. 
Ferganos that Queen Elizabeth had resigned, as re, had, had reigned for 70 years as a head of an institution that is synonymous with pain and suffering of many native people across the world, particularly here in Africa, where Britain colonialism led to massive land dispossession, indiscriminate slaughter of those who oppose colonialism and jailing of many more acknowledges that the country still suffers to this day as a consequence of British colonialism, that its minerals are still owed by, the, by those who benefited from colonialism, and that the land still belongs to the settlers that were set up by the British colonial regime. Further acknowledge that King Hinsa was killed and had his head taken to Britain by forces of colonialism that King Kechuaio was humiliated and imprisoned by British colonialism, that Chief Makoma was harassed all his life by British colonialism and was eventually killed in Robben Island and baptized on his deathbed against his wishes by the Anglican Church, an appendage of British royal family. The EFF sent its condolences to the descendants of Dedan Kimati the Mau Mau freedom fighters who was killed by British forces in Kenya and to Hakabe Royal House for the Honorable Members time has expired. At the hands of the British Thank you. Honorable Members time has expired. Honorable Member. Honorable Member. Condolences to Elizabeth. Honorable Member, your time has expired. Are there any objections? No objections. Motion agreed to. The ANC. Thank you very much, Chair. The ANC moved without notice that the House, not South Africa, hosted the first ever Rugby World Cup sevens in Cape Town on Saturday 9 until Sunday 11, September 2022. Further note that the 2022 tournament comprising of 24 men and 16 women teams was played in Cape Town Stadium. Understand that the eighth edition of the Rugby World Cup Sevens tournament was hosted for the first time by the African country in its three decade history. Acknowledge that the hosting World Cup tournament are not only important for boosting the economy and creating employment, but also for uniting residents and the people of all walks of life. Remember that many thousands of residents and visitors attended the tournament and congratulate Fiji and Australia uh, who were crowned the Rugby World Cup Service 2022 winners in the men's and women's events respectively as they both defeated the reigning champion New Zealand in two exciting finals. I so move. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any objections? A motion agreed to. Good. Good. I now recognize good. Absent NFP. Yes, uh, uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, on, on behalf of the National Freedom Party, I move without notice that this House notes that on Friday, the 9th of September 2022, a businessman, Khalid Parker, was murdered in what was an attempted kidnapping. The said murder was 
allegedly committed by three unknown, uh, unknown assailants in Lansdowne, Western Cape. Also notes that kidnappings are on the rise. Further notes that businessmen and children of business owners appear to be soft targets. Further notes that kidnapping syndicates operating countrywide. Khalid Parker, a 40-year-old citizen, are a very valuable member of the community and together with his father have contributed immensely to the well-being of many vulnerable people, particularly in the Western Cape. Wherefore, we call upon this Honorable House to condemn with the contempt it deserves the attempted kidnapping and murder of Khalid Parker. Further calls on this Honorable House to extend its condolences to the family of Khalid Parker. Further calls on the South African police services to leave no stone unturned in identifying the perpetrators of this barbaric crime and ensure that the criminals face the full might of the law. Further calls on the South African police services, together with crime intelligence, to intensify the fight against kidnapping in South Africa. I so move. Thank you. Any objections? No objections agreed to. The ANC. Thank you, House Chair. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House congratulates uh, Justice Mandisa Maya on being appointed as a Deputy Chief Justice. Notes that the former President of the Supreme Court of Appeal took office on Thursday 1, September 2022, and is the first woman to hold the position. Acknowledges that Judge Maya is a capable judge who without any doubt will advance the interest of justice and of women in the judiciary. Believes that Judge Maya will add new value and contribute tremendously to the transformation of judiciary and will serve as a role model and a symbol of hope to South African women and wishes her the best in her new position of responsibility. So the ANC moves House Chair. Thank you. Any objections? No objections. Agreed to. The Independent Congress, COPE, the African National Congress. Chairperson, thank you very much. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House notes that the United Nations International Day for the Preservation of the Ozone Layer is celebrated on the, on the 16th of September every year. And further notes that this event commemorates the date of the signing of the Montreal Protocol on Substance that depleted the ozone, the ozone layer in 1987. And understands that the theme for this year is global cooperation protecting life on Earth. Acknowledges that the theme recognizes the wider impact on the Montreal Protocol has on climate change and the need to act in collaboration to forge partnership and develop global cooperation to address climate challenges and protect life on Earth for future generations. And calls on all of us, not just to acknowledge the Montreal Protocol, but to show that by acting together, we can slow climate change, feed the world's hungry, and protect the climate that we all depend on by so move. Thank you. Any objections? None. Agreed to. The DA. Well, Gedan and Duncan Swart, 
Ek gee jy meer kennis namens die Demokratische Alliantie dat hierdie huis kennis neem dat dankenswaard op die ouderdom van 7 jaar met een gehoorgestremdheid gediagnoseer is. Ook kennis neem dat Duncan toe hy 12 jaar oud was nie teenstaande sy gehoorgestremdheid die kans aangegraaf het om in noodopkursus by te woon. Besef dat Duncan na afloop van die kursus sy opleiding sal met ER24 personeel gebruik het om noodop by spoordaad te verskaf. Erkentlikheid toon dat Duncan as vrijwilliger by ER24 sy noodplan aangesluit het nadat hy sy vlak die opleiding voltooi het en ook dat hy die geleentheid gebruik het om een noodopproject te loods wat hy vir sy jongkinders by skole aanbied. Erkenning gee dat Duncan een goeie voorbeeld gestel het dat jou gestreemdheid jou nie hoef terug te hou in die leven nie, en dat jy steeds een groot bijdrage tot jou gemeenskap kan lever. Duncan bedank vir sy voorbeeld van onwatsichtige omgeef vir sy meremens wat hy vir ons stel, en om voorspoed toewens met sy voortgesette activiteite om een bijdrage in sy gemeenskap te lever. Ek stel so voor. Dankie. Any objections? No objections agreed. The PAC, Al Jama, uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Al-Jama moves without notice that the House notes the 50th anniversary of the Grassroots Educate Trust who began operations in 1972 to alleviate the plight of children of working-class parents who were without good care and stimulation. The principal of the preschool was our beloved Professor Dickie van der Ross, who later became director of the University of the Western Cape acknowledges grassroots for the thousands of preschools that it has helped establish since 1972. Notes that the ETDP has awarded the status of Organization of Excellence to Grassroots for three years in a, in a row. Further notes that the grassroots model across various sectors and has been recognized with uh, global institutions that has UNICEF and this has given great honor to South Africa. Aljama further acknowledges that thousands of preschool classrooms benefit from grassroots site learning program, developing cooperation with hundreds of frontline practitioners. I served as HR advisor to grassroots for several years. I so move that the House congratulate the grassroots educators. Thank you. Any objections? None agreed to. The ANC. The ANC moves without notice that the House notes that in a clash for vacant IBF light flyweight title between unbeaten fighters, IBF number one, Sivenati, the special one, Nonchinga from the Eastern Cape, won a grilling 12th round battle of attrition against IBF number three, Hector Baby Bull Flores. On Sunday, on Saturday night, 3rd September 2022, at the Centro de Usos multi, Multiples in Hermisolo, Mexico, understands that Nonchinga dropped Flores in round two, but Flores battled his way back with non-stop punching. Further understands that Flores suffered a cut in the forehead from a head clash that bled profusely over the second half of the fight. Acknowledges that scores were 116 to 114 and 114 to 113 for Nonchinga and 115 to 112 for Flores. Feather acknowledges Nonchinga, age 23, 
became the only current South African fighter to hold one of the main organization titles and claimed a South African record of winning a main organization title after only 11 fights and congratulates him on his win and wishes him much success in their future fights. I so move. Thank you. Any objections? None. Agreed to. That concludes motions without notice. The last item on the order paper is notices of motion. Does any member of the ANC wish to give a notice of motion? Yes, Honorable Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates fast-tracking the development of entrepreneurs, small-medium entities, including large-scale infrastructure development, and enhancing the capacity of the state to intervene in key sectors of the economy. I so move, Chair. Thank you. The DA. House Chair, I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that at its next sitting, this House debates the dire state of home affairs services at South African foreign missions. I so move. Thank you. The EFF. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, the Matlala clan, which is the community in Limpopo, Beckersford, and most recently, uh, community of Free State, Jackas Fontaine, to name a few, are left destitute because minds are not doing due diligence. Profit is put before lives and livelihood of our people. So I rise on behalf of the EFF to move. Uh, that uh, the House in its next sitting debates the safety of people residing around mining areas, that it is ensured that local people benefit from these mining companies and that uh, their safety is prioritized before any mining can take place and after. I so move. Thank you. The ANC. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates the importance of electronic communication infrastructure, universal service and access by focusing on increased deployment of fiber and mobile communication infrastructure to cover the length and breadth of South Africa. I so move. Thank you. Thank you. The IFP. Thank you, Honorable House Chairperson. On behalf of the Inkata Freedom Party, I hereby give note that I shall move at the next sitting of this House that this House debates the continued institution failures at the HP, CSA, and alternative solutions to accelerate absorption of foreign qualified medical doctors into our healthcare system in South Africa. I so move. Thank you. FF Plus. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. I hereby give notice on behalf of the Freedom Front Plus that the House at, it, at its next session debates a matter of unpaid salaries of health professionals employed in public hospitals and clinics, the devastating effects that these problems have on the everyday life of these health professionals, and a long-time strategy to overcome and solve these problems. I so move. Thank you. Thank you. The ANC. Thank you, Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates the potency of social media influence in the political landscape in South Africa. I so move. Thank you. The ACDP. 
Honorable House Chairperson, I move on behalf of the African Christian Democratic Party that this House debates at its next sitting the infrastructure and maintenance budget spend in local municipalities in South Africa and its resultant socio-economic effect, I so move. Thank you. The UDM, the ATM, the Democratic Alliance. Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that at its next sitting, this House debates the financial state of the municipalities in the Northwest province and the effect of the ANC's policies of cater deployment in the Northwest municipalities. I so move. Thank you. The Economic Freedom Fighters. The Economic Freedom Fighters. Thank you, House Chair. I rise on behalf of the EFF and move that in the next sitting, the House debates the potholes left by municipalities after conducting repairs and the dangers presented. I so move, Chairperson. Thank you. The African National Congress. Thank you very much, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates elevate and amplify the understanding of Ubuntu, Ubuntu, which is already widely embraced as a worldwide view. Thank you. Thank you. Good. The NFP. Yes, thank you, Chairperson. On behalf of the National Freedom Party, I move that at its next sitting, this House deliberates on the poor state of local government, corruption and looting, and measures that need to be put in place to prevent further corruption, looting, and state capture at a local level. I so move. Thank you. I see you're in a standing committee meeting there. The African National Congress. (laughs) Thank you, House Chair. (laughs) I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates approaching global relations and cutting in the pursuit of global solidarity, social justice, common development, and human security. So I move. Thank you. Independent Congress. COPE. The African National Congress. The African National Congress. The ANC. House Chair, I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that the House Internet sitting debates the understanding the root causes of popularism and acts of xenophobia against migrants and within our communities. Thank you. Democratic Alliance. Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that at its next setting, the House debates the extortion in the construction industry through threats, intimidation, and killings as part of organized crime, and how government must respond to this challenge. I so move. Thank you. EAC. Al Jama. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. I move on behalf of Al Jama that this House discuss the need to establish a special state intelligence gathering structure to prevent and defend business people, especially those involved 
in uplifting communities from being kidnapped or abducted. Thank you very much. Thank you. The African National Congress. Thank you, Chairperson. I hereby move on, on behalf of ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates creating a cohesive society tasked with the duty of fighting and defeating racism in its all its manifestation through policy and practical implementation. I so move. Thank you. Honorable members, that concludes the notices of motion and the business for the day. The House is adjourned. Long live the house chair. Long live Mchana Wamanfe. Long live the house chair.